0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello again, dear Kinsfolk. This is Pastor Visser from beautiful downtown Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Ministry. Once again, thanking you for joining me for this Bible study. And today we're going to take a look at the concept of the quote unquote strange woman. As many of you are well aware, it was wise King Solomon, the son of David through Bathsheba, who angered Yahweh God. The account is given in Kings and Chronicles. He angered Yahweh God, wise King Solomon, because he took from among the daughters of the other nations. In fact, he had in excess of a thousand women in his lifetime, and angered Yahweh God. It was not necessarily the act of going after and having that many wives, even though it was forbidden by God's law for a king to do as such. But it was the fact that he consented unto their gods. And this is why miscegenation and going after quote-unquote strange flesh are so adamantly forbidden within the words of God. And so turn with me to the very beginning of the book of Proverbs. And I'm sure you're well aware that it was wise King Solomon who penned a majority of this same book of Proverbs. And because he was chastised by Yahweh God, for going into strange women, it was this same wise King Solomon who was able to write on how we can deliver ourselves from making the same exact mistake he did. And so, as I promised several weeks ago, I said I would bring a study on this concept of the strange woman. So, wise King Solomon writes his book, Proverbs, one of many, and actually puts down that Wisdom and understanding are the principal thing. That's how he begins chapter 1. He says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. So the entire integral theme of the book of Proverbs is how to obtain wisdom, and more specifically, understanding. Because they are two entirely different things. A man can be wise in many things. For example, the ways of the world. But if he truly does not have understanding and is not able to actually exercise the knowledge that Yahweh God has bestowed upon him, well, he's no better than a fool. So it is the same concept in the feminine of wisdom that each and every Israelite, man, woman, or child, are to strive to go after. And he gives a list here in Proverbs chapter 2 of all the things that wisdom can deliver us from. For example, in verse 12 of chapter 2 in Proverbs, he says, Wisdom will deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh flowered things. So, that's just one example. But it was wise King Solomon, who in a roundabout way is saying, what he did in angering Yahweh God by taking from amongst the daughters of the other nations was foolish. He had no understanding, and he did not realize that that he would be chastised. For example, here in chapter 3 of Proverbs, wise King Solomon says this in verse 11, My son, despise not the chastening of Yahweh, neither be weary of his correction. For whom Yahweh loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. So do you understand what Solomon's saying? He's saying he realizes that he angered Yahweh God by doing what he did. But he did not blame God. He says, do not despise the chastisement of Yahweh God. Because this concept of us being his sons and him being our father, as Yahshua Messiah taught us, is literal. Therefore, only a loving father will chastise his son. Because he wants his son to go in the right way. For example, this same exact book says, Whoso spareth the rod, hateth his son. Because if we do not correct, if we do not chastise, then we do not love. But Yahweh God is love. And He is the pattern laid out that each and every one of us are to strive to go after. So back in Proverbs chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. Another thing that wisdom and understanding will deliver you from is the strange woman. And I read, verse 16, chapter 2. To deliver thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Stopping right there. Now Solomon is going to give you seven sins of the hooker or the prostitute, or we could just say in harlot. Seven things that a hooker will do to ensnare an Israelite man. And of course we're going to go over those. But he says, to deliver thee, wisdom can do that. And it will deliver thee from the strange woman. Now about this time, I invite you to look deeper into this word strange, because it means no cre or foreign. And what's being said is exactly that. To deliver thee from the foreign woman, from the foreigner who flatters with her words. Now, Solomon would know, would he not? Because he was the one who engaged within the sin. Not only does wisdom deliver us from the strange woman, but verse 17 says, "...which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God." Now, isn't that quite interesting? Because within Christian identity, you're going to hear a lot of people say, "...hey, the strangers don't have a covenant with Yahweh God." But yet, there it is, laid out within the Word of God. Granted, it's not the law given on Sinai, but there are numerous examples of Yahweh God making a covenant, for example, with the twelve princes of Ishmael. Not Israelites. Or a covenant with the Samaritan woman. Yahweh God will judge them. But what we need to do is keep ourselves from the stranger, from the foreigner. Because A, they will flatter with their words and they forsake the guide of their youth. They forget the covenant, or the promise, of their God. Verse 18, "...for her house..." Whose house? "...the house of the strange foreign woman. For her house inclineth unto death, and her path unto the dead." Now, do you understand what's being said there? It's not an instantaneous giving up of the ghost. But rather, if we go after the strange woman, if we miscegenate our peculiar and royal bloodline, it will ultimately lead unto death. Why? Her house inclines unto death, and her path unto the dead. So a surefire way of being dead in the eyes of Yahweh God is to miscegenate and adulterate your bloodline. Now granted, they're not going to teach this out there within Judeo-Christendom because the goal of Judeo-Christendom is to get you to miscegenate because it has nothing to do with the Word of God. Verse 19, None that go unto her return again, stopping right there. And as Yahweh's word says, A mamzer cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh God, nor can an Israelite unless they put away their strange children or their strange wives. So it says here, not a one Israelite man, woman, or child that go unto the foreigner will return again. What else? Neither take they hold of the paths of life. Understand what's being said. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Christ doesn't know the miscegenator or the race mixer. Bottom line. And the word of God forbids it. And not only here, numerous other places. But right here, In chapter 2 of Proverbs, between verse 16 and 19, we are given the seven sins of the prostitute. And they are, very briefly, number one, they flatter with their lips. Number two, they forsake parental guidance. They do not do what their God nor their parents say. Two violations of the Ten Commandments, by the way. Honor thy mother and father, and bow only to Yahweh God. The third of seven sins of the prostitute is they will forget God's covenant. They renounce true religion, or the word of God, and marriage vows in general. Meaning they are the ones who will come in and pervert the very concept of marriage, which biblically denotes one man, one woman, forever. But they'll come in and say, you know what, marriage isn't really all that important. You owe it to yourself to play the field, or sometimes, even worse, they'll come in and they'll say, you know what, you owe it to yourself to experiment. Find out who you are. Why? Because the devil knows the second sin has commenced, you are what? Dead. Verse 19, none that go unto her return again. Naturally, the devil's children are going to come and push miscegenation. Because they know once you do it, well, you've taken hold on the paths of death. And we'll never find that narrow way, as Jesus Christ taught. So, remember that. Number four, of course, of seven sins, is they will shorten your life by going into them. The wages of sin is death. So when we do as such, we can reap exactly that. Number five is she leads others to hell and understand the significance of that. A million and one men and women are going to come in and say, you know what, there's no hell, there's no devil, there's no Lucifer. It means something entirely different. But what's being said right here? Her health inclines unto death, her pass unto the dead. You will not return if you go after that. And this is most assuredly true. Because one of the hardest things for an Israelite man or woman to do is to put away their strange, meaning mixed, or foreign children. But yet, that's exactly what Yahweh God commands for us to enter into the covenant again. If you don't believe me, simply read Ezra, Nehemiah, the entire books. That's the integral theme of it. Putting away your strange or foreign wives. Now, if we skip over to chapter 5, you will see that Solomon is not done addressing this concept of the strange, loose, foreign woman. At the beginning of chapter 5, he says, My son... Attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to mine understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. Why? Verse 3 of chapter 5 in Proverbs. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Fancy that. The way of a foreign woman is to come in and tell you what you want to hear, tickle your ears, tell you you're cute. Why? To try to ensnare you, to try and pollute that royal priesthood. But what happens to those that go into her? Solomon says, chapter 5, verse 4, But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable. Thou canst not know, saith wise King Solomon. You can't know them. Just as we cannot know the thoughts of the heathen or the wicked, so it stands you don't know the thoughts of the strange woman. But there are keys given here, are there not? She's going to come in and her lips will give great swelling words that drop as in honeycomb. Her mouth is smoother than oil, is it not? Just like a false prophet's going to come in and tell you exactly what you want to hear. But here Solomon says her feet go down to death and her steps take hold on hell. Now, the purpose of today is to not get into what Sheol is, the place of the dead or the abode of the dead. But hell is a literal place and it was taught as such by the forefathers of Christian identity. And so it stands there's going to be idiots who come in claiming to be just what we are and say, you know what, the earth is flat, the devil's my flesh, hell doesn't exist, and don't say these particular words or these particular words. The bottom line of it all is, if the Bible says hell is literal, any man who tells you it's not is a false prophet meant to be taken and destroyed. Any man who comes in and says the devil's just your flesh is meant to be taken and destroyed. And moreover, any man who's going to come in here and tell you why King Solomon wasn't dealing with the strange woman when the context of chapter 2, 5, and 7 is the strange woman. Same analogy applies. They are a false prophet. They are meant to be taken and destroyed. So, the whorish, strange woman, the one who is not an Israelite, her feet go down to death, Her steps take hold on hell. And if you go into her, you will follow suit. Verse 7. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh to the door of her house. Stopping right there. (sighs) Notice, wise King Solomon is commanding that we do not miscegenate. Context again, strange women. He says, remove thy way far from her, and don't even go near to the door of her house. Why? He already told you. Her door will lead you to the path of hell. And many go in that way. That's Christ taught. He said, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. But a majority are going to do just this, are they not? Go after the strange woman, go after the foreigner, Or even if they don't pollute their royal bloodline, they go after the cultures of those nations round about, which are also equally as forbidden. He says, do not go to her door. Verse 9 of Proverbs chapter 5. Lest you give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. Wow. Such a prophetical verse, because that's exactly what adulteration leads to. When we adulterate, we are giving ourselves over to the who. The whore, the harlot, the foreigner, or the strange woman. Not only that, if we are to have children with these same said people, then our fountains are dispersed abroad. Then we are none of Yahweh God's. And he says this, if you do this, if you go to the strange or foreign woman's house, knowing that her door leads to hell, and that the end thereof is not good, You'll give your honor unto others. What honor do you have outside of being a son of Yahweh God? But suddenly now you're going to be serving the foreigners in a foreign land. A stranger in a strange land serving strange gods, which is exactly what happened to wise King Solomon. His foreign wives turned his heart away from Yahweh God. Not Solomon himself, he didn't choose that. But he consented unto it. And he allowed his foreign wives to come in and say, Hey, you know what? Why don't we bow to this God or that God? And Solomon said, Hey, you know what? All gods are one. Is there anything new under the sun? No. Verse 10, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth. This is the end result of miscegenation. All the things that you are to give to your own people that aren't even crumbs from the master's table, everything you do if you miscegenate, and have a child with somebody outside your race. Everything you do will be given to the foreigner, and when it's all said and done, you will be identityless and cursed of Yahweh God, with a one-way ticket into hell. According to wise King Solomon, right here in chapter five, let strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a what? A stranger, a foreigner. Everything you do when you make that mistake is going to be eternally trying to defend that same mistake. Understand what I'm saying. Ezra and Nehemiah deal with this concept that if you go into a foreign woman and you have a mamzer or a bastard child, the only way to get right with Yahweh God is to put away that wife and to put away that son. But no man will really do it. It takes an epiphany and divine intervention for it to happen. Because your average race trader says, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. I can't turn against my own child. What is that but fulfillment of verse 10? Strangers are filled with your wealth and your labors, your works, and everything you do are in the house of a stranger. Why? You bred a stranger. (laughs) Bottom line, verse 11. And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, How have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. Wise King Solomon is saying (laughs) in a roundabout way that they'll be consumed. That their flesh will eventually burn off. (laughs) that their soul will be consumed. Right here. Notice that the miscegenator will mourn at the last. The word here, mourn, is Nahum. It's the most excessive kind of mourning because of the sufferings of the bloodline or the progeny. Look it up. They mourn because their bloodline is polluted and they no longer have entrance into the kingdom of Yahweh God. And not only that, When their flesh and their body are consumed, well, they sacrifice that as Esau did in going after a strange harlot. But in the end and in judgment, notice, they don't find themselves anywhere but in hell. Now this is something that happens as they live as well. Their body and their flesh are consumed. And the purpose of today's study is to not go into the STD statistics or the murder rate pertaining to mixed race couples. But a half-hearted study into those facts will open your eyes. They say how I've hated instruction. My heart despised reproof. That's a polite way of saying they're fools. Not only are they fools, but they hated the Word of God. This is reproof. This is correction. Correct? In context, the theme is wisdom. Here's somebody here saying, Well, you know what? I've not obeyed the voice of my teachers. Nor have I instructed my ear to them that are counseling me. That doesn't mean Pastor Visser per se, although it can. It means more so. You don't listen to Solomon. You don't listen to David. You don't listen to Elijah. And you sure as hell don't listen to Jesus Christ who taught no different. Thou shalt not adulterate. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Why? Verse 14. I was almost an all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, it doesn't mean the congregation of Yahweh God does it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit so we hope that you will allow him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns, he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: The context again is miscegenation. The theme is race mixing. So that congregation and assembly of who? His own offspring, his own children. My, how I have hated instruction and my heart despised reproof. Why? This is the reason why. Because these same children, this same strange woman who flattereth with her mouth, is an evil congregation and an evil assembly. And the Word of God says that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that God commanded that we remain separate. For example, still here in chapter 5, but verse 20, Solomon asks, Why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? Question, why would you do that? It's forbidden by the law of God. It's forbidden by the Ten Commandments. It's forbidden by the laws of nature and common sense. What the hell is wrong with somebody who's going to go out and lay down 5,000 plus years of selective breeding, and flush it all away for a one night stand. That's what Yahweh God is saying through Solomon here. Don't go the way of the strange woman. Even more so, asking, why would you be ravished with a strange woman? Why would you embrace the bosom of a stranger? For the ways of man are before the eyes of Yahweh God, and he pondereth all his goings. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. So once again, here's the concept. Miscegenators are a self-correcting flaw within our race. It's not necessarily Yahweh God who's going to come in and destroy them. Not according to Solomon, right here in Proverbs. But rather, he says this. His own iniquities, who? The race mixer. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself. And he shall be holden with the cords of his own sins. Verse 23. He shall die without an instruction And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. He does it to himself. By flushing away his genetics, number one. Number two, by not listening to the prophets or Yahweh God himself, who forever forbids it within the word of God. And that's exactly what we're dealing with today. There's not a single person out there who can debate that strange, in this context, means foreign or non-Israelite. And Solomon, of course, would know, would he not? That same said man or woman, according to verse 23, is going to die without instruction and in the greatness of his own folly. Not the folly or the stumbling block that Yahweh God or Satan lay out. His own folly, his own choices. And that's exactly what the Word of God teaches, accountability. Every decision you make has a consequence. Everything you choose to do will come back to you, albeit good or bad. One way or another, every choice you make, you're going to have to give an accounting to Yahweh God, correct? What greater or more grievous a sin can Yahweh God lay at your charge than miscegenation of His Holy Seed that He commanded to remain separate? Now, in chapter 7, Solomon gives a long detail. In fact, the entire 7th chapter, at least from verse 5 until the end, verse 27... Deals once again with his admonitions and his warnings against miscegenation. We can cover it very quickly because we do not have the time this particular day to go into it. For example, beginning in verse 4, he says, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. Now that's wise King Solomon telling you to go after the chiefest of all these things. And they are what? Wisdom and understanding. And he wants you to put those up on the level of a kinswoman. Notice the racial connotation. Say unto wisdom, you're my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. Why? That they may keep thee from the strange woman. Stopping right there. What? Wisdom and understanding. Those are the only two things, according to Solomon, that will keep you from miscegenation and being an abomination in the eyes of Yahweh God, and breeding mamzars into existence that will never inherit the kingdom of Yahweh God, never even enter into that inner court. Now, there is nothing more grievous, nothing worse to do to a child than to put them into that Babylon, and that confusion. Only wisdom and understanding will keep you from the strange, meaning foreign woman. Again, the word here is zor. It means not an Israelite. It means of the other nations round about. Verse 6 of chapter 7. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youth, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and the dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot, And subtle of heart. Now stopping right there. Before we conclude this narrative. This very picturesque narrative. Solomon says this man who's going into the strange prostitute. The foreign woman. Is devoid of understanding. Cannot discern right from wrong. So in the cover of night. In the pitch of black. What does he do? He goes and he meets this hooker. This harlot. Now. Think about this for a moment, because this is happening at a rampant rate. And in fact, more so now in America than probably at any other point in American history. This concept of miscegenation. Sneaking out and adulterating in the middle of the night. Solomon says don't do it. Only the fools do it. Only those who can not discern right from wrong. Now I know you can, and perhaps in a lot of ways I'm preaching to the choir, but he says, Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a an harlot and subtle of heart. Notice the word and the usage of subtle. That means that this call is to the sons of Adam. Not to the simple. Not to the fools. Not to those who are not called or chosen. They go and they are consumed. He says in chapter 7, verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not within her house. Valuable key. A whore won't stay at home they got to be out and about all the time, doing something. And it's usually no good. But a whore will not abide within her house. She is loud. She is stubborn. And that's why she's able to meet this man, devoid of understanding, under the cover of dark, in the middle of the night. Perhaps they think their sins are hidden from Yahweh God, but are they? Of course not. Verse 12. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth and wait at every corner. Did you hear it? The strange foreigner lies in wait at every corner. Therefore, it requires your discernment, your exercising of wisdom and understanding, and not being a fool to go after these same said whores or man whores. Correct? Because she is without. Polite way of saying always in want. We are commanded to not want. So remember that. Verse 13. So she caught him, who, this man devoid of understanding, this Israelite, in context, who's sneaking out and going the way of this whore's house, that he already established in chapter 5 and earlier, that leads to the paths of death. She caught him, and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me, this day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently, to seek thy face, And I have found thee. Quite interesting, is it not? Because a whore can bed down with a million guys, but when she's after a target, well, she's out to meet him and diligently sought out his face and luckily has found him. What is this smooth speech? It's a lying whore telling a man what she wants to hear. And when she finally does get that, that man says, oh, you're the one for me. Doesn't matter that I've been through 200 guys in my life. This is what young men need to be aware of, especially dealing with foreign races. And our women as well. Because the Negro is going to come in and tell you you're beautiful and you're racist if you don't bed down with them. And it's no different than what's being taught right here in the Word of God. So, hearken. She says, I have peace offerings. I've paid my vows. Therefore, I came to meet you, because I'm not bound or owned by anybody. In fact, She confirms that in verse 16. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. Interesting, is it not? Here's a lowercase version of love. But yet we're taught within the Word of God, Yahweh is love, is He not? And the Jew... The enemy, the foreigner, is going to come in and tell you, Oh, it's love, love. Love wins. After all, when gays get married, somehow or another, love enters into the equation. When this foreigner comes to an Israelite and says, Come, let us take our fill of love, she's not saying, Come and let us take our fill of Yahweh, God and His perfect word that forbids our acts. Rather, they are they who come in and redefine the very terminology, love, to fit their own agenda. So they say love wins. Don't you love? Pastor Visser hates. (laughs) Whatever it is, they want to pervert these words, and that's exactly what's being said. She says, come let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. For the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. What's that, her husband? She's an adulterous slut. And while it is, she can come along and say, Hey, I've met you. I've been really looking forward to meeting you. The reality of it is, the only reason her feet aren't abiding in her house, and she's out saying, come let us take our fill of love, is because her husband's not there. What love is involved in that? No love whatsoever. But it doesn't stop him from saying it. She says the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. So, let's look at this in modern terms. Say you're an over-the-road trucker. You take your money, you go out, you're making a living. And meanwhile, your wife is back home saying this. Would you consider it adultery? Of course you would. And so also does Yahweh God. And adultery as a word means so much more. Notice right here in context, we're dealing with a foreign woman. She's not with her husband. Rather, she wants to upbraid her bloodline, just like every common Negro street thug who wants to rape a white woman. You can't really necessarily blame the Negro for trying to better his bloodline, but what you can do is blame the Israelite for defiling ours. And when it comes down to it, that's exactly what the context is here. He took a bag of money with him. He'll come home at the day appointed, but he's not home now, so why don't you come home with me? Why don't you lay in my bed perfumed with aloe, myrrh, and cinnamon? Why don't we take our fill of love? After all, we owe it to ourselves, do we not? But the reality of it is, it's death! Is in her house. You go into that. You follow that. The bitter end is wormwood. You're not going to come out of it. Especially if two become one. And you have a child. With somebody who's not of your Israelite race. With her much fair speech. She caused him to yield. Notice right here in verse 21. It's because he listened. God says be separate. Therefore you don't have an opportunity. To hear her words like honeycomb her fair speech to cause you to yield. Why is King Solomon speaking from experience? But this is why he did it. Because he listened. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, or stockades, we could say. Just as a fool goes to prison... And just as a dumb ox does not know that he's going to the slaughterhouse and it's his last walk and he's going to be killed, so it is for the Israelite man or woman who goes after foreigners. And more specifically, I hate to bring it up, but the context is bed down with them. Notice, she says here in chapter 7, my husband's gone. So she's adulterating on several levels, by race and through marriage. She's adulterating her marriage bed. The same exact marriage bed that she says is perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. The same bed that she says, come, let us take our fill of love. But there's no love involved because Yahweh God is love again. So don't fall into it. He goes, who the foolish Israelite, straight away, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it's for his life. Understand the analogy? It's like a bird being caught in a bird trap. Or a rat being caught in a rat trap. To paraphrase. But they don't know what it is. It's a trap. They're going to come in. They're going to say all sorts of smooth things. In fact, here we're told that through those smooth words and that fair speech, they can cause an Israelite to second guess what Yahweh God said. And so he consents. He goes in. But judgment says this. A dart will strike through his liver as a bird that hasteth to the snare, but he doesn't know it's for his life. And perhaps that's the way it should be. As a side note, I just want to interject that. Many of these race mixers and miscegenators amongst our own ranks, they're what I consider a self-correcting flaw within our race. See, only God does not call men and women of caliber and then have them go out and do that. It's usually the lower brothers of degree, or the dumpy and cast-out women Of our race. And so many of them do it. Because they are fools. Let them be the fools they want. Tend unto your own. Tend unto your own children. And if you raise your children up in the right way. They will not depart from it. Solomon was he raised in the right way? Apparently not. Because wise king David even. Committed adultery with Bathsheba his mother. But only God was able to use it for good. Understand that concept. Even though David sinned. And going into Bathsheba. And shouldn't have done as such. Yahweh was able to raise up a prophet so we here now, in this year, 2015, can read the words of David's son Solomon for making the same exact mistake. Now many of you out there are going to have to make the same mistake. You're going to have to find out for yourself. You're not going to listen to instruction. And we already covered that. They're the ones who come and say, My, how I have despised instruction. I've hated it. And in my heart, I've despised reproof. But some of you, are going to be wise enough to learn from the mistakes of another. And that's the difference, is it not? A fool may have to learn from his own mistakes, but a genuinely wise man, woman, or child of Yahweh God can learn from another's mistakes. And Solomon made this mistake so you wouldn't have to. Hearken unto me now, little children, and attend unto the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. Stopping right there. Notice the terminology. Many. Cast down many. Polite way of saying she slept with all those men. And in that process cast them down. But yet the same whore who cast down many men and wounded them in the process of judgment. When she comes to you alone in the dark of the night is going to say, Hey, I have sought you out. You're my soul mate. My husband's not home what we're doing is right because it's defined by love and whatever our heart tells us to do. Not what the Word of God dictates. How can I say that? She's the same one who forgets the covenant of her father. Yahweh God. Or whoever. When it breaks down to it, they don't observe this law. Only Israelites are. And the same law says don't miscegenate your line. Let not your heart decline to her ways. Go not astray into her paths. Why? Verse 26 of Proverbs 7. She has cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Now we could split hairs right here and say, hey, what's the difference between hell and death? Not much. But we know the end result is what? Wormwood. Bad. Death. Hell. Satan. Not good. Not from Yahweh God. She's cast down many wounded. That's her goal in life. That's what she was raised up to do, the foreigner. To come meet you in the middle of the night. Blow smoke up your hind end. Tell you exactly what you want to hear. And drag you to hell with her. Do you understand the correlation between the hooker and the false prophet? They operate the same exact way. Through fair speech. They tell you what you want to hear. They tickle your ears, but the end result is death. And they can only ensnare the fools in the process. Now granted, we have barely touched the tip of the proverbial iceberg in dealing with the Bible's admonitions against miscegenation. And, if you require further study, I'll invite you to listen to a sermon I did about 2007-2008, titled simply, The Seventh Commandment. It's part of the Ten Commandments series that I preach for the Hal Turner Radio Network. But in that, I give a brief but thorough overview on what the word adulterate means within the Word of God. We just dealt with adulteration, did we not? We covered it from Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 5, and a long diatribe here in Proverbs chapter 7. And all of which, Solomon says, don't do it. Don't make the same mistake I did. And so, I'll tell you the same exact thing. We ought to obey God rather than men. Don't forget it. Men are going to come along whores that they are. Man whores and female whores both. And they're going to whore for politics. They're going to whore for other nations. They're going to whore for other cultures. And we see this, do we not? Our white race are fascinated with Eastern religions, with Buddhism, with anything but following their God. Why is that? Because they're lost to their identity. And if this simple man of Proverbs chapter 7, this simple Adamite, had used his discernment, he wouldn't have made the mistake that he did. He wouldn't have found himself in hell. And so until next time, dear Kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, the Covenant People's Ministry, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen.
0: Covenant Peoples Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.